Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. It's been a strange week as both of us predicted defeats, but in actual fact, we won back-to-back games. We beat Leeds and we beat Middlesbrough. What a week week it's been, Ange. Yes, and can I just say uh, hello, everybody. I hope you're having a brilliant weekend. I am predicting a defeat for every match that we play for the rest of the season in the hope that, you know, things don't go quite that way, obviously. But yes, we both predicted defeats and what a lovely surprise. I thought they were outstanding in both matches. Those will look a little bit against um, against Leeds. Oh, sorry, that penalty's just missed me out as it's come down to land. Yeah, what a great week. And if anybody tells us that we expected nine points out of these three matches... They're not telling the truth. I don't know. Viper predicted three wins. Yeah. The world famous Viper from my place. He predicted, I think he predicted wins on both games. Um, he's getting yeah. more and more popular now. Viper. I can't Viper. say his real name. Well, that's good. Anyway, brilliant, brilliant news. But a bit of a, uh, a shock with Travers going. Well, what do you reckon about Travers? Because I mean, Bonham was outstanding Saturday, so. What are your feelings on Travers? He said he didn't want to go. Um, he didn't want to go back. And what's the reason why he's been pulled back? Well, he's gone back because his host, his home club, have said that due to all the injuries they've got, it's extraordinary circumstances, and the league back them with what they said. So, unfortunately, um, he's gone. And I'm sure he wouldn't be uh, wanting to go because he kept a clean sheet in his last match and um, you know managed to get... To, that penalty to go over the bar uh, by some sort of magic that it, potion that he had. Uh, I think it's a great loss for us, and I'm glad Bonham played well, because if he'd have read any of the social media beforehand, I don't know why he bothered turning up, but I thought he made three cracking saves. They still make mistakes. Uh, Mark Travers has made some mistakes while he's been with us, but I just hope Bonham um, continues to come good, and he's our keeper now. Yeah, he's all keep it till January. I bet, I bet he thinks, what's going on? I mean, he must feel like Peter Fox in the mid nineties, anyway. He's like going, oh me, back in again. Did you want me again now? Yeah, yeah. he made two great saves, Ian. He made two phenomenal saves, um, and I'm just so chuffed for him more than anybody. I thought he was surprisingly good. Yeah, he was, and we'll talk about that in player ratings, obviously. But before we move on any further, Matthew Perry from Friends has sadly passed away today. I've got to get a mention in. I've been gutted all day. I've watched a couple of my favourite episodes of Friends. I mean, surely you you second that, and only fifty four as well. It's it's big news. This. What I want to say to you is, um, I've never watched one episode of Friends, but I believe he was um, a troubled man as he got older. It's very sad when anybody dies, let alone in the circumstances he died in. And I know a lot of people who, who've grown up on Friends and uh, watched him over the years will take a great deal of pleasure from his uh, comedic timing and acting. And it's very, very sad. And uh, you just have to think of his family and friends at this time, don't you? So it's very sad. And, and let's hope his family get over this as quickly as they possibly can. Not that they ever will get over it, but come to terms with it. Yeah, it's, it's a sad day. He really is. But going back to football... And we'll discuss now Leeds. Now, I watched it obviously on the telly because I was supposed to be working. I mean, I hope no one from work's listening. I might have to cut that out. But um, yes, a great result, wasn't it? A shock result, really, against Leeds. Listen, I thought the first half, I thought 
really good. I thought for the first 30, 35 minutes, we were way the best team. In the second half, they, they came out a bit more than as you would expect, and they dominated play. We'd obviously had um, a tough game before against Sunderland and, and, and done well against them, and, and I actually thought we played really well. The turning point in the game, 100%, was Patrick Bamford, who I have to say I've always liked. Now he's one of my favourite players of all time. Uh, it was interesting to see that every Leeds fan thought he would miss and every Stoke, man, Stoke fan was certain he'd score. But he missed with style and the roof nearly came off at the stadium. It just gave us a little bit of impetus. And then you get big Wes running, getting his head on the ball. Um, it goes in off streak, was it? I don't care who it went in off. We scored, we won, three points, get in. It was a cracking header, wasn't it? And Wesley's been very heavily criticised by you and me, Ange, and a lot of Stoke fans, if you go on social media. I mean, I think somebody put his head on Donkey from Shrek, which I thought was going too far, to be honest. But Yeah, well, I, I mean, my, my concern is that you're never going to have anybody pressing, are you? You're not going to have a pressing front man if he's playing, right? Um, listen, he scored, he, well, he made the goal. Whether he scored it or not, I don't care. I would never argue with him. Um, he occupies a shirt and uh, he's a Stoke player so he gets our support yeah he does and Bamford's ball hit me on the head when I was game finishing work it was horrible just about <laughs> getting my car and a ball hit me on the head I was, I was more worried about my car to be honest if he hit that I wouldn't but have changed Ian you watch that back and I don't know if you've noticed lots of Stoke fans have watched it back he could have actually waited because Travers committed himself so quickly he could have waited Travers had gone Travers then puts his hands up in the air as though he's made a world-class save, but Berger was the best. Berger's looking like he's won the World Cup with his arm up in the air. It's just brilliant. He just changed the course of the game and was probably the second bit of luck we've had this season, the first bit being when uh, Sunderland at the post with that header. But look, we won. It was a good performance. And I thought they gave everything for the team, everything for the shirts, everything for the manager and the club. And I was quite concerned about how they would respond at Middlesbrough. And he made some changes, and obviously those changes worked too. Well, yeah, he did make a lot of changes, didn't he, for this game against Middlesbrough. I mean, I was shocked to see Gale in. Uh, Hack came back in. There was a few changes, weren't there? And, and I thought, oh, he's doing it again. He's doing it again where he's swapping and changing. But to be fair, he kept the same system. He kept the same squad and how they played. He didn't start fiddling around with it too much, which is what I didn't mind. And I've said this didn't to last on my rant. I might have a rant at the end of this because it seems to kick the team back in. I don't know if they put it on in the changing room before we kick in. But, you know, since that rant's happened, we've, we've won three games straight and had two clean sheets against teams that, let's be honest, are going to be fighting for the playoffs and promotion. So it's very positive. I'm not going to go overboard like Viper, who's already said he's buying a Wembley ticket, he said, make the art on sale. And unless you want, and be careful, but I was I was impressed with it. And we go in like we always do. We go with the match stats, and again, the possession was fifty-eight to forty-two shots, nine for them, thirteen for us. Six of them were on target for us, three for them. Corners they had eight to our four, and fouls we won again. We win that every week. Uh, Sixteen to twelve. 
Now again, that's another. That's three matches in the in a row now where we have been completely not in control of the game possession wise. But when we've had the ball this time, we've used it well, which is a good change to see. Yeah, and if you just hark back to the game midweek when Laurent came on and um, we were trying to run the clock down in injury time, he kept the ball near the corner flag, used the ball really well. Uh, so I think that's great. Yeah, I agree with all you're saying about how we've, we've used the ball well. We just have to continue it now. You know, we've had a lot of uh, after the Lord Mayor show in our supporting years, but let's, let's really enjoy this podcast because we got nine points out of nine. It's exciting times, Hans. Let's let's be brutally honest. So now we're going with the first goal on the eighth minute. The man you've absolutely slagged to tears, Michael Rose, heads it. A horrendous goalkeeping blunder, I'll be honest, but it goes in. But what a ball from Hackey. Um, listen, I haven't done any more criticism of, of him than anybody else in the team. So you're trying to get me, throw me under the bus, which is normal. And at this point, I will say that I thought both our centre-backs were outstanding. Yeah, it's... Both our centre-backs. I have to say that the goal wasn't the same as McNally's, but he scored, and who cares? He went in, he scored, uh, and we won. It's a, the look is changing, Oange. That's the thing that I think we're picking up on at this moment, is that before this, you know, we, we couldn't buy a goal. And luck was completely against us, but this time, you know, a penalty miss, um, that header that hit the post against Sunderland, and then now a horrendous goalkeeping howler from Diang, which led to us 1 0. You know, it's great yeah. to see that things are changing, but I think we've got to sort out as fouls. That seems to be a problem. And then we went 2 0 into the lead, and the 37th minute went with his third goal of the season from memory, and that is Lloris. Yeah, and he's, you know, he was brought in to replace Jacob Brown's work rate, and he has done. And I thought that finish was a really composed finish. I thought it, it, it was never in doubt that it was going in, and I, I like him with every goal he scores, I like him more. He, he does remind me of Jacob Brown, but I think he's more clinical. That that's yeah. the thing. I mean, fair enough. He's he's one of the older players that we brought in, but he is composed on the ball. Like we all know with Jacob Brown, it was it was always a bit of it before he got to the ball, thinking, is this going to spin off or is this going to go somewhere else? Where where's this going to go? But with Larice, he is he is composed on the ball, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he, run, he runs his not only does he runs his socks off, he does look dangerous all the time. And um, he, his last two games, you can't knock him in his last two games. He's been brilliant. Yeah, he has. I think he's fitted straight into the plans right now we'll go into everybody's favorite part of the week and it's not prediction time because neither of us have got one of them we, we, i know i'm spoiling it with a bit of a a bit of a hint there but we go in now with jack bonham yeah you didn't Ange. don't start that right <laughs> bonham well i thought jack bonham did really really well um he, he didn't let us down he made two great saves as i said um i'm going to give him an eight to be honest with you, Ange, I'm going to go on man of the match for me. Are you? I, I am, yeah. Because you know, you know, I can't stand him. Well, it, it's not that I can't stand him. I, I just don't think he's at this level. But that was the most composed performance I've seen for a while. He, he didn't look under pressure. He he commanded his box, which is 
for the first time I've, I've seen. Every time a danger came in, he made the right decision, but he commanded it. He was shouting, he was telling yeah. his defenders, he was marshalling, mainly shouting at Rose because we know he loses himself sometimes and loses position. And the save from Coburn, for me, is one of is, I, that, Do you reckon that's going to be save of the season? I hope we don't have any better ones at Stoke, but uh, I thought it was outstanding. It's the only thing I don't think Bonham's improved on is his uh, his clearance, his dead ball kicking. I don't think it's brilliant. His clearing of the ball, but look, I don't care. He's he's in it. He's our keeper. He's in goal. He played really well. He almost got man of the match for me, but he hasn't. And um, my man of the match will have slightly more points. So as I said, giving him eight. He gets a nine from me, Bonham. I thought, like I say, I thought that fingertip save was was amazing I've not seen a save like that for a while but to come in as well which is why he gets man of the match for me is he came in after not being picked it, it looked like they were trying to give him back drilling him at the, in, at the end of the window and he's ended up staying now he, to put a solid performance in like that you, I've got, got to give him the credit he deserves and that's why he's my man of the match now we move into Dyson yeah, Dyson is one of these players for me that he, he can do some great through balls, he can uh, get in the box. I always seem to think he, he loses a bit in the second half. I don't think he's uh, great. He's, listen, he's really good going forward, but yesterday he was good in defence too. Um, and I thought that his crossing was good. Uh, I'm giving him a seven. I'll follow that up, but I'll give it an eight. I thought it was very useful breaking forward, helping out the attacks. His balls were always good. I think the problem is Gale, you know, when he's up there, you, he's going to struggle to get to headed aerial threats. I mean, he's five foot six, isn't he? He's not going to get there. You know, it's like putting balls into Mark Steen. I mean, he probably would have got his head onto it because he was like a leaping salmon, wasn't he? But going back to Uwe, because I've got to say Uwe, because one of my mates at work said who's Dyson so the, the thing is I like I thought defensively he's improving I think now he's getting steadily into the team week in week out he is for me getting a bit more consistent he's still a young lad yet you know this he is going to be hit and miss it's what happens when you sign young kids some of them are very mature some of them are a bit hit and miss and Hoover's one of them players but I thought he played well and he gets an 8 right now we go into Ender Stevens. He showed his experience. He's a solid fullback. You just got to hope he, he stays fit, haven't you? Um, he, he does what he has to do. He's nothing spectacular. Um, there's better players than him, but we've got him. And so for me, I'm giving him a seven as well. And the reason I'm giving him a seven, before you have a go at me, is he got booked. Uh, it was a daft booking. Um, and he made one or two stupid fouls. But listen... We won, and I don't, uh, I don't care. We've won now, and that's it. Um, with me, he's getting an eight, Stevens. I thought he, he completely calmed down and stopped Isaiah Jones, their best player. He's been over the last season and this this season, last season, he's been their best player. He's so creative down that right hand side, and if you know we get to the prem and we can't keep Hoovy, well, I'm not saying if we do, but if we can, he's the player I'd go and go out and sign. I think he's a quality right back, and I think Gender Stevens had him in his pocket. You know, he, when he left the end of the game, he, he said to the Mills manager, "Oh, you can have his eye back." It was a great performance from Stevens. 
And it, to be honest, as soon as he's come back, we have improved. We, we look solid when he's in that left-back role. So I am impressed with him, to be honest. And, you know, he, keeping their best player anonymous, whatever that word is, I'm obviously from Stoke, can't speak properly. But yeah, now we move into McNally. Nally, again, had a good game. He seems to be getting more confident with every match. Uh, he, he just did everything well, didn't he? he? He didn't sort of go spectacularly. Again, a seven from me. Uh, another eight from me for McNally. I thought he was solid. He, he defended well. He marshalled well. And I think when Bill, Ben Wilmot gets fit and he carries on playing the way he is, Wilmot's going to find it hard to get back in the team. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a bit yeah, more he about it. I agree. Wilmot later. I actually thought McNally wasn't great against Leeds, but I thought he was uh, good yesterday. Yeah, he was solid, and he, he, you know, he took a bit of extra responsibility at the back, and I, I thought he was really good. Right now, not our favourite defender, but give credit where credit's due. Michael Rose. I thought he did well. You have to say that, despite all your getting at him, he scored. Um, he's getting better getting better with each game I'm quite pleased that he did a decent job 7 uh, another 8 from me I thought he was he's linking up brilliantly with McNally to be honest there seems to be a understanding there it's probably from the link from Coventry to be honest and I thought he, he did his job well I mean he was even coming for headers this time which has been my biggest criticism I think sometimes he gets lost a bit in in his positional sense, but I think that's because he's playing on the wrong side. I think don't yeah, think it that's. Yeah, might be. It might be, and then he gives the ball away, don't he? He did it a few times yesterday. Sorry, I interrupted you, but there you go. Yeah, I agree. He has. He, he's. But I thought he was okay yesterday. He didn't. He didn't make an, a howler like he did against Sunderland. So I'll accept that. Right now to Ben Pearson. Um. Look, he was tired. Um, he gave as much as he could in his half an hour performance. I thought he was solid. I thought he got stuck in. Uh, he always does his job sometimes with a little extra of the booking. But um, when he started getting tired, he, he did a couple of um, bit strange passes. He took a booking, didn't he? Uh, as he normally does. Uh, he's getting a seven from me. Uh, yeah, I'll go with a six, I will, for Pearson. I think the yellow card was it was necessary but unnecessary at the same time. I think he could have just tied out, but he only he only had he didn't have long on the pitch, did he? To be fair, he only had he went off ten minutes before half time, but he did do some brilliant work at nipping in to stop Middlesbrough breaking through their midfield. He's really good at that. And he was nipping in, stopping the midfield from breaking forward. And he, he, he was missed when he went off. But he gets the six from me because he wasn't on for an awful long, long time. Now, the captain's back. Not to social media's like, from what I read before the game. But Josh Laurent returns. I thought that was the best game he'd had for It looked like he'd had a kick up the pants. I thought it was the best game he'd had for us for a while. And as I mentioned earlier on... Um, the other day he was running the ball down to, to waste time. But I thought he played well yesterday. Um, he didn't do anything wrong, seven. I'm going to go over eight, actually, for Josh Laurent yesterday. I think his press was brilliant. To be honest, I thought he was he kept breaking high up the pitch and pinching the ball back out the pitch. He showed real commitment off the ball, which is something I've criticised him for most of this season. 
I thought he it was yeah, I agree, it's his best performance of this season. I thought if he carries on like that, he's welcome to go back into the team. But he's got he's gonna have his work cut out with Wutaberger because he is a real talent. He, he was the best player on the pitch against Leeds. But posi- but positive signs. Now we move into Johnson in his natural position. He got an assist, didn't he? And he he, he works hard. Um, I still don't think he's dead ball, his crossing and stuff is brilliant, but uh, he runs and runs and runs, he, he was everywhere on the pitch, he did a job for us, and I was quite happy, uh, decent performance, seven. Yeah, I'll go over seven as well, I thought he played well, he was grafting all game, I do like his work rate, which is opposite for Jamaican players normally, they tend to be like Ricardo Fuller, very not lazy, but time the, their efforts at the right time. I thought the way to pass for the for the assist to Larice, I thought was brilliant. And yeah, dead ball isn't his game. Hacker is definitely up for that, really. I think every ball he hit was pretty much on on song. But I thought it was an okay performance. I thought he did well, Johnson. I like him in that cam role. I think he's the best we've got in that role. So long may it continue. Right, speaking of hack, it's Hacker. He had a couple of chances where, one in particular where I thought he might have just got it in. He, he's, he, he's a good player and uh, he's getting an eight from me. He's definitely getting an eight from me. I mean, this is one that for me in January, if we could wrap up permanently, I'd say to Celtic, can we sort a deal out? Because I really rate this lad. Um, and it's a good thing at the moment is we've got a player like him he was brilliant at dead ball. And let's be honest, he was unlucky not score in the second half as well. I thought he had a great chance to... But what, was his 1v1? I think he should have scored. Yeah, that. he should have scored really. But, you know, we'll give him credit to due because of the beautiful ball for the Michael Rose edit. I, I like his dead ball. I think he's the best at the club so far I've seen on dead ball situations. But what a great position for the club to be in when we look at, look at the options we've now got, that we've got Hacker that can come in to replace Vidigal if he's tired. We haven't had these options yeah. for years. It's brilliant. Yeah. But what would you say to having Hacker in Johnson's position as a cam? Um, no, I wouldn't do that. Why? I don't, not at the moment. I don't think he's fit enough. Uh, I think he's still struggling to find his fitness. And he's undoubtedly got some, uh, some quality about him. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but for, go on. Well, this is what I've been thinking about because we know Daniel Johnson's a, a workhorse and he's good and this, that and the other. But I don't know if Vidigal would fit that role playing behind the striker. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing Vidigal in that role, to be honest. I think he would do a better job than Haksabanovic, if I'm being honest. Well, that's what I mean. That's the options we've got now where we could put Hack, Hacker on the left. We could put Vidigal in the middle. But anyway, we're losing that. We're talk, we could talk about this after. Right, so what did you give him again? Hockey. Seven. I'll go over an eight. I thought he was brilliant. Right, now we move into, I've got a feeling you're man of the match, Larice. Well, he was going to be. I'm going to change it now. No, uh, he is my man of the match. I'm giving him a nine. I thought his work rate was brilliant. I thought his finish was, you know, in the past, Stoke players have passed that back to the keeper. It was a composed finish because it wasn't easy. 
Um, I just thought he looked dangerous all the time. Wherever, whenever he got the, the ball, he was dangerous. And as I said earlier, he runs his socks off. Um, and in the last two games, I don't think you can fault him. I just just think he's sometimes he's a bit hit and miss, a bit erratic. But uh, for me, he's getting a nine, and he's my man of the match. Right, Larissa, is your man of the match. I'll go in with an eight point five. Because I'm going to nick your stuff now, because before it was a flat mark, but I'm going to go 8.5, because he is okay. my assistant man of the match. I like Lloris. I, I really do. I think he's... I think we're starting to gel now, and I'm starting to like what I'm seeing. I know, after my rant, things have improved, and it, it, since everybody's come back and there's a fitness in the squad, it, it things are clicking. And I thought Lloris bullied McNally, on Saturday, I think McNally was struggling, and I think that's why the sub was made because he just couldn't cope with him. Every time he was there, he was like a, he was like a gnat. It's a light bulb. He just wouldn't stop. He just kept going and going and going. And I love players like that because they're, they're so irritating. Walters was like that. Yeah. Walters would just yeah. annoy you till you kicked out, and then he'd fall on the floor yeah. and go ref. So I like Larice, and then we'll move into the last player who was a big shock, Ange, but Gail. Now, listen, when I saw Gail was playing, I thought, oh, dear, we must have some problems. But you can't fault the way he moves around the pitch. He played really well in the first half. He faded in the second half, and I think that's understandable when um, he hasn't played as much as he has. But in his interview afterward, he, he said he would uh, give his all for the team. He's nowhere near as good as he used to be. But you couldn't fault him for effort he needs a goal uh, I'd love him to score a goal uh, I thought he led the line really really well um, I'm going to give him an 8 too. Yeah, he's going to get an eight from me, uh, Gail. I thought he was he was unlucky score early on as well, wasn't he? I thought he was really yeah. unlucky. Um, you know what he shows, Ian? He shows the game intelligence. Oh, so yeah. Even when he was tiring, you can see he's been a, a really, really good player. Yeah, you, you can tell that he, he, he's just lost that edge, hasn't he? He's just yeah. that, he's lost that half a yard and it's making a big difference. Again, it's yeah. one of them players that we've signed a season too late. You, you can tell there's ability there, and people are harsh on him, but you know what Stoke fans are like. They'll love him now. If, if he scored twice, they'd, they'd love him forever. It's one of them. I thought he was brilliant for the chance for Hacker as well, the pass to get him through. Yeah, he was knackered in the second half, but that's understandable. He's had an injury and he hasn't been playing. So it's great, but it's another option, Ange. It's another option. It's another string yeah. to us bow, which is exciting. Right, so now we're going to the substitutes. Thompson for Pearson in the 36 minutes. I thought Thompson did ever so well. Um, he got boots, uh, which you'd expect. And I think I think he might be out of the next game now, if, if memory serves me correctly. But I thought he worked really hard. I thought he gave us that extra balance that he gave us in, in midweek. He, he never lets you down in terms of he always puts in the shift. Thought he did his job really, really well, and I'm giving him a seven. Uh, I'll go for five for Thompson. He came on. Um, another stupid yellow card again for me, and it, he is useful for me. I think he's he's that utility man where you can put wherever you need someone. He's like our version of Phil Neville. 
hasn't really got enough quality to play first choice, but he'll fill in anywhere as long as he's, yeah. <laughs> he'll he can play. You put him, you put him up front, he'll do a job, and that yeah. he makes him a useful player for me. But I, I think that yes, he definitely does miss the next match. He's got he's got too many bookings. I think he's got a booking in the last four appearances he's played. I think and only one of them were starts. So yeah, next one is Gooch. Full of Reese in the seventy second minute. Yeah, I didn't think he was brilliant, but he didn't have a great deal of time. Uh, he didn't do anything badly wrong. Seven. Uh, another five for me. Um, it's been a long week for Larice, to be fair, and a good week for him as well. So we just needed to bring some fresh light because I'm don't we in a, a gooch. The problem is now I'm looking at the squad with very heavy at that right back position, and I think Gooch is, will be played in a fair few positions but he's not a right midfielder that was clear to show no, for me he's got a good ball on him though I'll give him that he can really cross a ball but Hoover's starting to perform now so Gooch might have to start getting used to sitting on the bench right and then we had Wesley for Gale um, Wesley is built like a striker isn't he he's got the when you need somebody to cause trouble and just try and keep hold of the ball up front, because he isn't, as I said, he isn't going to press and run, um, I think that's his best role at Stoke. I wouldn't ever want to tackle him. Um, I think it was a good substitution in terms of, well, he did what he had to do and he, when he got the ball near him, he was hard to, to, to get off it. Um, seven. Uh, another five from me. I think I agree with you. I don't think Wesley's a starter unless there's real issues. Um, but I think he is good to bring on. Prove that against Leeds. The nuisance he caused yeah. to got us the got us the points. And he came on. He held the ball up. He got his headers on things that he could. He tried to waste time. I'll give him solid. It was good. I, I, I like him in that role. I like him coming on there. When we start him, he looks like an headless chicken. But when he comes up off the bench, I think he does do that well. And Vidigal for Haksabanovic. I thought he tried off. I didn't think he got going. I didn't think he did much, to be honest. He didn't have a lot of time. How long was he on Ian? Uh, ten minutes plus off his time. Yeah, six. Didn't, didn't, do, it. didn't do much either way, six. Um, I'll go over five. He... he Caused a few sparks, didn't he, on the left side? He was because he is a good player. There's no question of that. Um, but to be honest, he didn't have a lot of time. And at that point, we were going defensive to try and stop middles from breaking through. So, you know, it's just getting him on the pitch and trying to get him up to match speed because he isn't hundred percent fit yet. And I think he was managed quite well. Right, the subs that we used were Fielding Berger. So, now we're going with the whole performance rating. Nine. Nine? Yeah. It's a bit harsh. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go in eight. Um, I thought that we played very well, Ange. Very well. So, before everyone starts jumping at my throat because of my rant three games ago, I do apologise for that. But we were angry, weren't we, Ange? Mainly me, not you. But I had a rant, and I do look stupid now, but I'm glad because whenever I go in a rant, I did it with Michael O'Neill, I did it with everyone else, we go in a great run. They just show me up, and I wish, I'm glad they do because that's what I want to see, Ange. Them show me up and put performances in like they have over the last three games. It's been brilliant. Okay. 
I'm not getting over the top, don't worry. I'm, I am still got my brain in, but you know, people have murdered me, obviously, because they were so, I was going out going, get him sacked, this, that, and the other, let's get him gone. And to be honest, he's turned around brilliantly. And I can't, I can't, I'm still not 100% with him. There's got to be a few bit, a few more results yet and a good turnaround, but, but we're up to 11th, fans. Yeah, and um, I don't think there's been any doubt that Alex Neal has uh, probably been concerned. Um, I think in the last couple of games, well, the last three games, we've shown that if everything goes for us and we're all fit, we, we could be a decent team. But how many false dawns have we had in the past? So I'm trying to keep my feet firmly on the ground. Really enjoyed this week. It was made even better by um, a couple of other results this weekend. And I was disappointed when Jude Bellingham scored two goals for Madrid and ruined my before. But uh, listen, we've seen more now of the team. I've been concerned this season that you didn't know what Stoke were. Yeah, that was there my was issue. Yeah. real identity, was there? Now we look like we've got an identity where... Everybody's playing for each other. There's no doubt about it that those players are playing for him, for themselves and for the fans. And uh, we've just got to keep getting behind the team because if we don't and the wheels fall off a bit again, that's, we have to try and lift them again. And, and I'm just quite pleased with where we're at after this week. As I say, Viper or whoever, unless he's been on some form of vapour dust, uh, I don't think anybody would have expected nine points. But we've got... Three smashing results. We got most of the squad back fit. We've had a bit of luck, but you need luck. Everybody needs luck, and I'm just delighted, absolutely delighted. Yeah, I am as well. Our second that it's been brilliant this week, and it, it's been exciting. And I mean, I never thought we'd keep two clean sheets against the last two opponents. I never thought that in a million years for how bad we have been defensively, and especially to uh, yes, Saturday losing Bonham. I thought Bonham's gone. Uh, sorry, not Bonham. Travis going. I thought here we go. Some we picked a bit of form up. Something smackers in the face. But Bonham was brilliant Saturday. Absolutely brilliant. And I, I can't credit him anymore for coming in out. Uh, not playing many games. I think he's only made two starts this season. And to come in and p perform like that is absolutely brilliant. And Alex Neal deserves some credit for it. And that's what we'll talk about next with Alex Neal's rating. Um, I'll give him a nine. Come on, load it down a bit, Ange. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you criticise him, as everybody has done, ourselves included, for late substitutions and for not having the right tactics in certain games and why did he do this and why did he do that, if you look at yesterday, um, I don't think anybody would have been happy with the start he had he put out. In terms of my, a lot of people would have said, "What on earth are you playing Gale for? Why has he dropped Burger?" And it worked. So um, I'm giving him a nine because he, he he might not get a nine again off me this season. But you look at it, and the, the last three games have been a massive leap forward, haven't they? You know, we've um, got to say that it's been a bonus. And I thought he got his tactics right yesterday. I thought he was. I thought everything was spot on. Hey, I'm going to go with a ten, Ange. 
there's no need for that, Ange. I mean, I've got to give credit where it's due. I mean, I looked at that squad and I, I put like a bit of a backhanded compliment because I've got to be careful now after after my declaration of a wanted John Terry in. Um, but I think he got everything right. I think his changes worked. I think if Vinegal had started or Berger had started, I think they would have been tired and we wouldn't have got that performance from Laurent. And I think Gale was brilliant up front until he tired, but then he made the subs at the right time. 72nd minute for him. Earlier this time, with the 80th minute bringing fresh legs on to keep Middlesbrough away from us, I think it was bang on. And the good thing is, this is what I said to you when in my rant, which I'm trying to justify now. Um, he's playing the same system now. He's not fiddling the formation. We're sticking to it. We're just swapping the players. And I said to you, if he did that... I could see something growing. I could, at least we know how we're playing and the players can fit in and know what they're doing. So I'll give him the credit for that as well. He's stuck with it. Three games in a row he's played 4-2-3-1 and we've won three games. So I can only give him credit for it. I know it's hard way, but we can only give him credit for it. All right, I'm, I'm happy with you giving... I hope you're giving loads of tens for the rest of this season. I'd, well, so do I. It'd be great. People think I don't like the club because of some of the things I say. Of course I do, but it's been that bad that I'm so used to full stones now that it's it's becoming inevitable that I think this all the time. But you know, when they perform like they did against Middlesbrough and Leeds, we would let's be honest; these are good informed teams. Yeah, absolutely. We can't go against it. There's, You're making me laugh. There's no need for the laughing hand. I'm just trying to get myself out of the hole. <laughs> You're supposed to be giving me the laddie, not a spade. <laughs> right, so before we move on any further, let's talk about the women. Right, well, the women have got a weekend off because um, we got knocked out of the League Cup. Uh, in the last round so we had a weekend off we were hoping to play Burnley but for some reason they couldn't fit it in even though they got a day off and next weekend weather permitting we'll be playing filed at home but I stress weather permitting because it looks like we're going to have another one of those storms coming through um, and the last time we had a storm we couldn't play because the pitch was underwater so uh, we're hoping that the storm bypasses us a little bit and uh, we look forward to, to playing the game and more importantly to have people coming to watch us. So that's two weeks in a row now there's been no game for the women, aren't there? It's, uh, yeah, because last weekend was postponed because of the bad weather, because we should have played Burnley and the, we couldn't because like lots of clubs there was no nowhere we could play on the pitch and this weekend is a weekend off. So. Um, we we are actually you know just looking forward to getting back on the pitch and and playing as soon as we can, which hopefully will be next weekend against Fylde. So uh, fingers crossed that that game goes ahead. Well, have you seen the forecast for next weekend, Dad? I have, and I think uh, all my fingers and toes are crossed because it's not looking good at all. In fact, from Wednesday onward, it looks like you might need an arc. Well, that's what I mean. Well, you're the the perfect ground for an arc. Um, it might, and plus, a, a flood might cheer it up a bit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, we yeah. got. So, so it's fingers crossed we're playing them next week, but so far, so good. Yeah, but we've got, we've got next Saturday before next Sunday, and we've got to, 
Well, that's the next one we're going to talk about now. We've got no midweek game, obviously, because we're out the cup after Bournemouth cheating us. Um, we've got Cardiff. Now, I, I'm up for this, Ange, now. I'm really up for this. You know how much I hate Cardiff. Uh, yes, I do. And I think a lot of Stunt fans share that uh, dislike. They, they are not a nice club, if you ask me. No, I think, I think you're right. I'm not a big fan. So we need a big win here, don't we? We want, we want smack them. <laughs> That's that. I think smack them. It's perfect, Denny. I think we're back on, aren't we? I think if we can beat Cardiff Saturday, I think play, we can open playoffs, can't we? I'm not jumping yet, but I think if we can give them a pasting, which is what I want, we could be back, Ange. We could start going well, mentioning it's playoffs. Very early, very early days. I know we're only four points off the playoffs, but. You know, the biggest thing about this week is we have got a full week of training and without a midweek game, and that might do as well. Um, just hope everybody's fit then. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. But um, it is going to be interesting because more and more players should be fit. You've also got Kieran Clark, who I believe is playing in a game tomorrow, and if he comes through that okay, then he's available for selection. I can't see him starting. I think he will be on the bench. Um, but Cardiff have been doing well as well, you know. Uh, I think they will come hoping to win just as much as we'll hope to win. And it might even be a draw, but they're on a bit of a roll themselves. Um, it, this will be just as hard as the previous three games where we've got nine points. So the big thinking is, will Aaron Ramsey be fit? Because he's not going to be welcome here, is he? Let, let's be honest. Um, I've got nothing against him personally, but I know Stoke fans do. I mean, I hope the song doesn't come out, I'll be honest. But we all know it will. Right. <laughs> you know as well as I do, but he doesn't like Stoke. And that feeling seems to be mutual. Now, I'm not a bit, I'm not his biggest fan. Because I thought he milked, well, not milked, but I think he was wrong for what he did to Ryan. Um, and a lot of Stoke fans agree with that sentiment. I don't dislike him, and I never sang the song, to be honest, which we're not going to discuss or sing on the... I know you attempted singing, Ange, but we're not going to go into it. But he has been good for them before the injury, wasn't he? He started well with Cardiff, so there's a chance he might be fit for the match-up, and he does improve that team. And I, but I can't really name anyone else in their team that's playing well because I don't know. I mean, I, I did think Philogene Bidace was there, but that's obviously Hull. But what do you reckon to this game? What's your feelings? Because we're going to have to do predictions. Well, before you get into the predictions, I hope he doesn't play. Not for any other reason other than I just don't think it will be a very nice thing to witness because of all the things you've said. Uh, I don't think it would be great. They've also got Jack Annick. Jack Annick. I'll be honest, Dan, I've, not, I've never heard of him. My word. <laughs> well, Jack, Annick used, Jack Annick used to be the Vale goalkeeper. Oh, that's why I've he never was. heard of him. <laughs> Terry and G that played for, for Crew. Uh, they've got Carl and Grant and Callum Robinson. They're, they're quite decent players. Um, I think it'll be a, a, a tough game for us, but I just hope he doesn't play uh, for the reasons that you've said, because I think it will take away from the game 
because there's always idiots now, wherever you go, there's always idiots that will cause trouble. And it'll get their fans up, it'll get people's backs up, and it could uh, change the game. So I hope he doesn't play, and after that he can do what he wants. Um, so that's my thoughts. I still think it'll be a tough game. Yeah, that's how good. long do you think, Ian? How long? Sorry, do you think we can go unbeaten for now? Then you're in this. We'll get into the playoffs. No, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not jumping on the moon as in like we're going to get in the playoffs. I'm very, very much on the ground. I'm hoping it goes as long as possible, but it could it could be ending Saturday. I don't know. Yeah, it could. So, yeah. I, do, I just hope a few more games. I mean, if we can go on a good run, and I've said I've wanted a run now since we've been in the championship. I mean, wait, you know, I was, I was 28 when I wanted this run to it. So hopefully, wow. so hopefully we can we can have a good run. I'm gonna go because this is it now. Prediction time because we've got to get off the mark, Ange. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go again two 0 Stoke. Right. Well, I'm gonna go one each because I just think that uh, we like after the Lord's Mayor's show, but. You look at the league and one each or two each or whatever. As long as you don't lose, um, it's it's a it's a good result because the league's so so packed, isn't it? So congested and a few points either way. Uh, I think we just got to go one game at a time and don't get carried away. There's going to be it's going to be a roller coaster. We're going to have another bad bad patch. But when you look at, at the games after Cardiff. Uh, we supposedly play some of the weaker teams. Not that I think there are many weaker teams in in the championship, but we just got to keep going and um, get on with it. And hopefully, uh, even though this is Stoke, uh, let's just grab three points and make everybody say, "My God, four on the bounce." Well, that's it. That's the thing about it, though, isn't it? So, I mean, we we go into, I mean, we go into the season this year. It has, has it shocked you as much as it shocked me how, how this championship season's gone? Like the team at the top has hasn't surprised me, which is less than I predicted them to win it anyway. But to see Ipswich so comfortable in second has that shocked you? I didn't think Ipswich would do anywhere near as well as they've done. But it's the championship, and and, and anybody can beat anyone. I mean, you know, Leicester, I don't think Leicester will go through the season unbeaten. They could probably end up losing to Rotherham or somebody like that. But if you put a decent run together, now or after Christmas, look at Notts Forest when they went up. You put that decent run together and you don't lose and you keep picking up points, then then you've got a chance. And, and now, after three wins, we're for the first time for a long time going in the right direction. And by the same token, if we lose the next two... You and I will be sitting on this podcast thinking the world's ended. Oh, I know, yeah. That's the nature of the championship. It is, but the thing is with the championship, with such big clubs dropping, with Leicester, Leeds and Southampton, I know they're all up there. I mean, Leeds are in third and Southampton are in fourth. Cardiff, amazingly, are in fifth. I didn't know that, so I think I might change with 2-0. No, I can't now, it's too late. Um, Hull are in sixth. Sunderland are up there in seventh somehow because every time we play Sunderland they look absolutely dross. Preston have dropped, so they they were a team I thought would get in the playoffs. But this is the thing, Ipswich have got a game in hand and they're nine points clear in second. Yeah, but listen Ian, 
we always, for as long as I can remember, we've always done, for the vast majority of time, really well against good teams, be it Championship or Premier League, we've always done well against them because something happens that we up our, right? It's, it's when we play sides that um, we're expected to turn over, right? We don't seem to do it. And if you look after the after the game we've got against Cardiff, I think we've got Coventry, Plymouth, Queen's Park Rangers and Sheffield Wednesday. Now, you definitely would expect us on current form to win all those. But we've not really done that in the past. I mean, Coventry have given us a, a, a couple of lessons. Queen's Park Rangers are struggling. Sheffield Wednesday is struggling. Plymouth aren't the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, the, you would expect us to win all those matches. Whether we do or not, It's uh, that's going to be the acid test. Well, that's for later podcast, but the team I worry out of them is Sheffield Wednesday. You know what we're like. We're like the gift that keeps on giving, aren't we, to struggling teams, and that, that is a big issue. We, we'll probably beat Cardiff and then go and then not win for three games. That seems to be our our, yeah. our way, doesn't it, really? I mean, if we, they're good for, if we can get past Cardiff and get a result to win and then yeah. kick on, we, we could be, you know, right in there. We could be in the playoffs. Yeah, listen, let's look back at some of the seasons we've been in this league. Right? And, and we've looked at teams. Look at Luton. They're, they're an example. You don't have to be brilliant to get out of this league. You just have to be consistent and grind out results. And the only thing now that's different about this league since we came in it is there's um, more quality in the teams that have come down from the Premier League because the quality improves every year. And in two years' time, the quality will be even harder in the championship for the same reason. Yeah, because... And that's just, that's just what you have to get used to. But the teams that have dropped, I mean, Leicester... Leicester are the only ones who were, for me, marching on like they should do. But the, the thing is, I've noticed in looking through the table here, there's not a lot of draws anymore, is there? You're either winning or losing. I think the team with the most draws... Is Millwall yeah. with five, and we know why because because we had him. They had Gary Rowett draw specialist, yeah. not anymore, but yeah, they did. Completely. So, completely. you know, it, it is like I'm not going to get excited, but it is on. I think Cardiff's the toughest task for a month, and then we have a really tough task in December. So the most, if we could, the more points we pick up over this next month, the better, basically. Well, let's hope you're right. Right, so before we wrap up, Ange, another interesting podcast. Have you got anything else to add? Well, yes. We're talking about um, how difficult this league is. Uh, I think this afternoon it was announced that uh, Nigel Pearson had uh, left Bristol City with immediate effect. Now, whether you love him or hate him, he's, he's not done a bad job there. But only 10 championship managers now have been in post for a, for, for a year or more. And if you look at that, because Pearson was two years and 248 days, I think it was. you got Mark Robbins, who's been over six years. Ryan Lowe is now in second place uh, with one year, 325 days, with Stephen Schumacher. And you got Kieran McKenna, John Dahl Thomas, Thomason, and in sixth spot, with one year, 61 days, is Alex Neal. And that just shows you it's um, 
it's a pretty cutthroat industry, isn't it? Everybody's expected to to get their team out of a league that we're saying is really hard to get out of. Um, so it'll be interesting. Oh, it will be. It is interesting. I mean, Alex Neal's been in for a year. We tell him been great, to be honest. I mean, I know it's picked up now, but it hasn't been great. Um, yeah, I mean... It's picked up for three... Don't, don't be going over the top. It's picked up for three matches. Yeah, that's what I'm talking um, about, yeah. You know, and people people are still saying he's lost half his matches, that he's been in charge of us. I don't care. So long as we keep winning. You can't keep looking back backwards. You've got to look forwards and see how we do. And when we when the wheels fall off again, then we can look backwards and tell everybody what a terrible team we support. But this is... All those bad times make these times so much better. And I'm delighted that we're having this chat. I'm delighted that, um, you know, we've won three on the bounce. I also really like Daryl Clark. Daryl Clark, I love him now, along with Patrick Bamford. And for those of you that uh, don't know what I'm on about, I'm sure you'll explain. Well, is it anything to do with the demise of Port Vale? Well, I wouldn't say it was the demise. Well, they're not far off, managers, aren't they? <laughs> they haven't won for two months. How many managers do you know, we've had it ourselves, that come back with a different team, you just want them to do dreadfully, and they don't. Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis did that on us. Every time. Yeah. yeah. Apart from, I think it was one. And the Vale had a bit of their comeuppance from a manager who they got rid of yesterday. And uh, it's amazing how it happens. I mean, you know, we have players that couldn't score for us that then would come back and score against us. It's just it's just the way the world works. But I just thought I'd get that in that yesterday was one of those days where Feineken or any other beer maker did uh, Saturdays and that would be the one. No, and because it wasn't because Arsenal won 5-0. I don't care about Arsenal anymore. They 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 pale into insignificance. I don't like Jude Bellingham, apart from when he plays for England now. Um, what, why, Ange? Because Real Madrid beat Barcelona. I, I know Barcelona. I was delighted. I'm Real Madrid, I yeah, am. Well, you're, you're very sad, you are. You, you just, <laughs> what a game, what a player. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm no doubt Philogene Bidace will be playing for them next season. Well, you never know, Ange. I mean, to be honest, his brother might be there soon. He was amazing. He's been amazing for seventeen. Um, yeah, but listen, do you remember when um, Jude Bellingham played against us for Birmingham? It was awful. I know. It was absolutely dreadful. We all wondered why everybody was going on about how good he was. Well, we got that but wrong, it's Ange. Been a great, it's been a great podcast. <laughs> we should all be extremely happy. Um, I've really enjoyed doing this one. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, Vale have literally fell off a cliff, which is brilliant because they were all, all bloating about, you know, they're going to get promoted with us. That's now gone completely. I think they need to start looking over the shoulder. I think relegation's coming for them. Stoke are now looking like a team that could push. I'm not getting too excited. My feet are on the ground. So it's been a fantastic podcast, Ansi Ange. Positive apart from Arsenal. Yeah, and Real Madrid. No, that was great. Don't ruin it. So... Thanks for listening, everybody. We're really delighted to have you on board, but we want you to get more involved. So if you're not on Instagram and following the Potters podcast, make sure you do as soon as you stop listening to this. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. It makes Ange very happy. And give us a bit of a compliment. So you can say on there what you think about the podcast. You can say more of Ian, less of Ange, or more of Ange, less of Ian. You can put whatever you want to. probably what they're going to say. 
well we'll see um there's no tiktok yet but we're on facebook there's a facebook group as well called the potters there's another one called stoke city supporters group page which i've made by accident and it's it tended to take it off now so we well, were trying to find out who philogene bidet's played for well that, that's for next week's podcast i did make a mistake i have cut it out because i am that proud and proud but thanks for listening everybody Ta-ra. thanks everybody have a good week